Signs of the Southland, Sunday, April 17th, 2021. Mr. Grant, I want to reopen this topic that we were talking about before we started recording about wheat pies. And I want you to explain, just for the record, what a wheat pie is. Well, I don't really know what's in it, but I do know that it contains citron and ricotta cheese, and it tastes kind of like a Dutch apple pie. I know you'll fight me on this, and I know other people who listen to this might fight me on this, but I I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good, uh, and apparently I'm crazy for thinking that because everyone else who was at this event was like, this is bad, but I thought it was pretty good. Okay, number one, you're from the Midwest. You eat some weird stuff. Let's let's put that out there. Number two, th- just thinking about this, I've never had this. This is the first time I'm hearing that this is a dish. But after looking it up and hearing about this, the texture of this cannot be any sort of solid, right? <laughs> like there's no way that there is like something tangible to this dish. Uh, I mean... Like, do you like sludge on crust? Because that's what it is, man. I mean, it kind of was sludge on crust, but I thought it tasted good and taste is what counts. I hate Midwesterners so much. You need to learn more about food. Anyway, let's move right along into our club sports updates, of which our Midwesterner has many. Let's start with Club Golf, uh, who two weeks ago, two weekends ago, was at a top. Holmes. Yeah, um, we talked a little bit about this on our last episode. Tough is a weird course. Uh, I'm surprised they played championship level golf there. I did not get around to going there for the memes. I apologize. Still, I was not there in person. That being said, they did get fourth behind UGA, Tennessee, and Auburn in their regional. They were plus 176 on the weekend. And uh, hopefully, nobody fell in the snake pit. Tup uh, is kind of a soggy golf course. So, uh, you know, hopefully they, you know, got uh, got out of the mud there. It's, and maybe uh, didn't fall off of a cliff. Dry out on days, but hopefully they also did not fall off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. Might be helpful. Yeah, the cliff there is pretty wild, but that's, uh, I guess, it, I was about to say that's neither here nor there, but I guess it's kind of here and there. But uh, Well, it's technically, to- not, it's technically not here, but it is there. If we're going geographically, anyway, this bit has gone on too long. Moving right along, men's soccer played Emory this weekend. No results uh, at press time here. Same deal for women's lax, who is out the Southeastern Women's Lacrosse League Championship. I think that's what the acronym was for. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the results. I looked it up uh, on their, like, USA Lacrosse page, but I pretty sure it hasn't been updated in like two or three years based on like the name of the president and the dates of the competitions and stuff so when i looked up the women's lack stuff it had not been updated since i started at tech so yeah pretty much pretty much also not two years ago notable uh moving right along let's talk about club men's volleyball they were at ncvf nationals this week they finished tied for 21st You have some thoughts about their online infrastructure, but I want you to walk us through their performance uh, and then we'll get to the women's side in a bit here. Yeah, um, online infrastructure took me a bit of poking around to actually find the results, but that's probably me being a bit of a noob when it comes to this, but I thought their 
the amount of info they generally had on the site was pretty awesome. And get this, the women's championship is going on right now and they're playing it in Chase Field. They have a volleyball court set up on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Wait, 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 wait. okay. I have to look this up. Please talk about the, uh, please talk about the rest of the results while I do look this up because I am immensely curious. Look, look up uh, the acronym nationals and then just go to that tournament page. But anyways, uh, for the dudes, uh, they tied for 21st uh, in one double A, I believe was their division. Uh, they went three, and zero in their pool play. They beat Nevada in three sets, um, Kentucky in three and Rochester in three uh, in the Kentucky and Nevada uh, matches. They did drop that first set. So uh, way to bounce back and rally. Uh, like we said, Rochester also went to three. So a lot of long games uh, in the next pool. I think it's like a championship pool to figure out who gets into what draw. Um, they went over two, uh, which is sad. Uh, they lost to Kansas and West Virginia in three sets before uh, advancing to the consolation draw in which they went one and one. Uh, they beat Western Michigan in two sets. Uh, so good clean win there. Uh, they, they handled business there based on the score in the second set. And then uh, lost to George Washington uh, in three sets. They dropped the first and, or they dropped the second and the third. My bad. Uh, scoring convention does kind of flip around based on who won. Um, but uh, yeah, have you pulled that up yet? This is wild. I, I have two notes. Number one, this is, this is wild. I'm watching them play a volleyball game on a makeshift volleyball court. Well, I guess it's an actual volleyball hardwood on the, what is this, the right field dugout? So the home dugout right in front of there? Yeah, I think so. Didn't the Diamond, aren't the Diamondbacks home like soon? Like this week? Let's look that up. Hold on. Arizona Diamondbacks. Also, this game is like uh, Wisconsin-Eau Claire versus some team in Maroon that I can't identify. It's Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Fight me. I'm a Midwesterner. Uh, the Diamondbacks uh, play. They just finished playing the Mets on the road this weekend, and then they're playing the Nationals on the road uh, tomorrow through Wednesday, and then actually another game on Thursday. So they don't come home until Friday, in which case they play the Mets again for the second time in a week, which is dumb. But Wow, these guys really wanted out of that Chase Field lease, huh? Uh, what do you mean by that? I mean, they're not even – I'm joking about how they're not playing the first two weeks of the season at home. Um, anyway. No, 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 the Mets season is at home, or the Mets second series is at home. Next okay. Week. Well, that joke didn't land, so we're going to move on to the second joke that I had prepared, which is championship pool record of 0-2 with losses to Kansas and West Virginia. That sounds like a Texas football season. <laughs> no, that was too delayed of a laugh. That was a funny joke, and you know it. That so I, I was at church for two services today because I sing in the choir and I was all ready to go uh, for all the the like pastor corny jokes for the second time around. And I think it was literally only me. So I'm, I'm a little bit corny laughed out in terms of in terms of my my preparedness and tolerance there. Well, that stinks for you because almost assuredly I have more of these coming later. Let's talk about the women's side of the bracket. They tied for fifth. I assume this is like a third place match or a fifth place match going on on the second screen here on the turf at Chase Field. Anyway, 
Um, they finished fifth, like I said. Pool, they were three and zero in pool play, just like the men were. Wins versus Cornell, Northern Colorado, and the B team of Texas, uh, which ironic given the joke I just made. And then the championship pool, they went one and one. They lost to Northern Colorado, which I guess was the same Northern right. Colorado team. Uh, woof. Uh, and then they beat Ohio University. And then in the championship draw, which I guess is the playoff round, they lost to James Madison 25-22, 29-27. So some hard-fought sets and really close losses here. So give me give me your thoughts on, on the women's side of the bracket here. Yeah, yeah. Uh... This is where I, I'm not going to name drop, but I'm, I'm uh, well acquainted with the coach of the women's volleyball club team um, and actually texted her uh, for some thoughts. And basically it's summed down to uh, they showed up this weekend and it was fun to watch. Um, And I presume that she was also coaching uh, because, you know, that's what coaches do. Um, But uh, it it seems like they, they had a nice little weekend for themselves. Um, they are in division I triple a, which I believe means that they're two below the top division. I think that's the one that's currently on the field. Again, don't quote me there. I I'm a, a bit of a noob when it comes to non hockey and lacrosse and swimming clubs. I encourage you to learn about promotion and relegation, Jake. <laughs> in, in club volleyball. Yeah, no. Um, but, uh, great to see them all, all show up. Uh, their, their pool play was very solid. Uh, it is tough to take the loss to Northern Colorado in the second time around. But if you'll notice in my notes, uh, I, I noted that it was the championship draw. Uh, this was on purpose because it was, in fact, the the gold bracket. I'm not really sure how they figured that to get um, to get, you know, tech in the mix there. But I believe uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the ACC basketball tournament, how you get like those playing games and buys and stuff. I sure. think they set up a bracket kind of like that where, you know, they, they went one and one. So they had to, you know, they, they didn't get a double buy, but they got a single buy or that, that kind of like thing. a regional uh, baseball, regional kind of situation. Yeah. Playing around the, around the court kind of thing. But uh, yeah, so they tied for tied for fifth, a uh, couple other, um, you know, familiar schools. It, it, it is tough to see um, James Madison made it all the way to the championship. So could have, you know, what could have been, but uh, extremely, no, extremely Falconsy, I gotta say, because this is, this is a very esoteric joke because for like six or seven years under Mike Smith and Dan Quinn, the Falcons lost to every Super Bowl winner. That's how they got eliminated in the playoffs every single time. It was very frustrating to watch. Anyway, please finish up what you were saying. Uh, that's about it. Um, they, they did a great job. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it, it's good to see that that trickling down because uh, and, and this is where I get on my high horse just a little bit. But like, you know, I, I was a club sports guy and I do appreciate very much that people who do club sports or people who, you know, do robo jackets or design build or tech esports, whatever that is, not doing it because you're getting a scholarship, but you're doing it because you love the thing that you do and you're good at it and you want to represent tech. So can't really ask for much better than you know, a tie for fifth and a, and a tie for 21st. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about another team getting 21st just up next, but it's championship season for these club sports. So it's great to see it pay off um, for, for a lot of them. So that's great. Absolutely. I have, I have one stinger. This is only mildly related as we roll out of this. 
there is a city in Wisconsin that's named after a sport that we've already discussed or that I've discussed very broadly. How do you pronounce it? Lacrosse. Good. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. I only mentioned that because that is the team playing the other University of Wisconsin branch in the match that is currently going on at Chase Field, closing that tab. Wisconsin's got some wackadoo uh, volleyball talent up there in the upper Midwest. There's too much of it. There's way too much of it. (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh... It's wild, but, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining. Uh, closing that tab and moving right along, let's talk about what you just teased. Men's and women's club tennis finished 21st at their national tournament. You have in our notes. Great finish. Please explain why. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing about club tennis. I'm still learning how to find all the best results for this, too, so... Um, you know, don't, don't really know how the season got started, but anytime you finish in the top 25 and put a, a good number next to, um, you know, ne- next to that finish, that, that's always solid top. Like I said, top 25, it, it seems like basically every club sport at tech is in the mix for winning something or another every single year. And I don't know, that just makes me proud. So And I think that kind of comes back to something that we've talked about with regards to swimming and some of the non-rev sports a bunch, that they're all really good athletes. But for the most part, a lot of those guys in the lower, lower, quote unquote, uh, non-rev sports. So the your swimmings, your track and field, et cetera, et cetera, are coming to tech for the educational value rather than maybe the athletic athletic pedigree. Um, and you're sort of seeing that trickle down in other ways as well to these to these club sports, right? In, in an even more extreme way, where people are here for their degrees, but maybe hey, they played volleyball in high school or they played lacrosse in high school and want to continue that, but don't want the well, either we don't have the program like on the men's volleyball side and the lacrosse side, or they don't want to uh, they don't want to be a D1 athlete. So it's an opportunity to get a really good education and. Hey, you have to sacrifice a bit to do it club style because there's not as much support from the institution, but, uh, you know, it's all a worthy, worthy cause and you're still representing the school in some way, shape or form. Yep. Uh, that's, uh, absolutely where I wind up there. Um, and, and I think, you know, my, my personal, uh, connection will, will wrap with, with two others, but. I mean, it, obviously, the, the, swim, the swim club is very near and dear to my heart for very similar reasons. We're getting there. Also, also random question. Got to throw this out there. We talk all the time about the random ways kids wind up at Tech. Uh, and I think this is the perfect time to mention that it was actually the club volleyball coach that, like, toured me around Tech. That's wild connection. I just realized that. So, you know, small, small world. They're, uh, you know. They're, they're, they're the facet leaders and, uh, you know, tour guides and rec club peoples of the world is people involved like that. So, you know, good to, good to see them represent. Absolutely. Uh, let's move right on down the list to our last two items. Men's ultimate Frisbee. They finished second in their conference. Uh, we are still waiting on their regional results and their pairings and their placements. So I guess we'll update you once we have those. And finally, Jake's home base, the Georgia Tech Club Swim Program, featured at Nationals. They are how many times defending national champs? 
Well, they were three-time defending national champs, but they are not anymore. So, bum bum bum. I uh, every good thing comes to an end, you know. It just all good things. I left, right? Great Star uh, Trek episode, by the way. I Star Wars? What? No. Uh, Ooh. To, do the do the coverage. Do the coverage. Take it back. Um, yeah, no. Since uh, we are still nearby i was roped into volunteering on saturday in which case i went i'll be the runner since that means collect all the results and then go run them over to the room and then go back to the hospitality room and eat a snack and then go collect some more results and then run them over to the people who actually do the scoring and then eat another snack you know it was, it was a great little vibe but uh, uh sunday afternoon i did have a head over um because we had some family friends in town for the meet but uh tech looked pretty solid um I don't know. There's there's a couple spelling errors in my tweets because I'm a dummy, but uh, I did do a couple. Was it an English uh, major, huh? No, I was not. Uh, you can I, clearly I didn't pay enough attention in in 2110. But um, tech uh, tech got a couple good finish. Uh, there was one that uh, one event that I wanted to shout out. Do, 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 do. You're the one that tweeted all of them, so I hope you can find oh, it. Yeah, hundred free. Um, there was uh, one kid who finished third among the men. Uh, and then we also had uh, a, a lady finish in the top eight. So, you know, great, uh, great hundred free. And then there was two, uh, two ladies in the A final of the hundred IM. Uh, I think one of the girls has been swimming her like third or fourth final of the night. So, you know, uh, that's tough, but uh, really the, the team that had it the most tough was the Virginia club swim program. They have been, uh, they were the last team to win before Tech, so I think they won in 2017, and they missed beating a Michigan State team that was like almost entirely their ex-varsity team that got chopped because of COVID, asterisk. Uh, L. Tucker's contract? By five points. Yeah, so uh, promote Michigan State back to uh, varsity so uh, you know UVA can uh, avenge that loss. But no, the, the UVA but women are absolutely stacked. But then where would they get money to pay Mel Tucker, Jake? They, they already paid him. Go, go. Uh, I don't know. Go ask Kellogg's or any other East Lansing reputable business. I did forget that Kellogg is from there. Uh, well, you know, six still reputable. That's a, I mean, that's their best finish other than the championships. Uh, how were they before 2017? Like, what, how, what can we compare this to sort of in the pre-Jake era? Well, it's, it's interesting. So 2017 is my, was my freshman year, and Tech actually got sixth that year. The men got uh, either fifth or sixth overall, and the women were a little bit further down the list. So um, pretty interesting of, of a parallel there. And, and you know, they, they essentially, you know, re rebuilt and, and got sixth, and, and that's fine to see. And that's with a, you know, Michigan State essentially varsity team slotting in in front of them uga putting things together and getting good liberty uh we don't existing have about my personal opinions about that um you know that they're very good at men's club swimming i'll leave it there and then purdue purdue perpetual hot tub champions looked uh, really good so you know it's it's weird because a lot of the names stay the same tech ohio state florida uva but uh you know michigan state uga purdue FSU getting in the mix it's it's good to see more diversity it's the same thing we talk about with you know volleyball or softball or women's basketball it's the same thing we talk about with 
men's club lacrosse and men's hockey, right? You, you want to see different teams getting in on the mix and, and just generally in the games. So I think we can, you know, get, get to the higher level there, but you know, it, it's, it's fine. You know, they, they, they swam solid. And, and again, like we said, volleyball fifth tennis 21st volleyball 21st you know the the men's lacrosse is shaping up for a top 10 season could be even better like these none of these programs are slouches they're all very very talented and and i think they deserve way more attention than they get but that's that's also a a hill i die on as we know as as the non-rev guy so that is true. Just to keep you on track, let's move on to the varsity sports. Let's start on the softball diamond. The Georgia Tech softball program went 4-0 and this past week. Uh, last week, while we were off, they had gone 3-1. and Just to wrap up last week, they had a 2-1 and weekend versus Boston College, which was preceded by a 1-0 win over Troy, I believe. That's, I think, what I saw on the on the sheet. Um, this week, they played UAB, who they, whom they beat in extras, 5-3, and then they swept NC State at home. Before I have a bunch of thoughts here, especially as it pertains to postseason positioning, but I want to hear from you as someone that was there at the ballpark for a couple of the games what you thought of how they look right now. Yeah, I was uh, mainly there on Saturday. With well, they the, played, what, two games on Saturday? No, they played one uh, on Saturday, right? The doubleheader was Friday, but uh, I missed the offensive showdown or slugfest in uh, in game two. But I, I really think, I mean, obviously the UAB, great to get a win on the road, great to win in extras. They fought to the end, a, a, great, a great win in there. But uh, in terms of NC State, I think this was a series that really kind of like not shocked us last year, but we just kind of like left that going like, man, these girls are unlucky and can't keep runs off the board. But this was a complete like 180 from, from that narrative. Georgia Tech was incredibly effective uh, on the mound. I mean, Chandler Dennis was one really lucky hit away from a no hitter and then three wildly improbable events in a row, uh, for that same batter from, you know, pitching a shutout. So, I mean, you can't really complain in terms of, you know, we, we've talked about NC state as a team that's really hit tech well over, over recent years. And, and they didn't do anything. I think, I think literally it was a, it was a one hitter Saturday. Uh, there was a shutout on Friday and then a nine one run rule. Like that's, that's about as, solid of a sweep as you can get in this conference especially with how good it's gotten yeah i just want to pull up the standings for context if i can find them again this is the glory of being totally prepared for this part of what i wanted to say so nc state is three slots below tech right now uh Mm -hmm. at five and 13 in the conference but they're still 28 and 18 so uh, on the year. So it's not like they're slouching overall. They might be meh in, in, in a conference and maybe they had a particularly poor draw in terms of who they got, but they're not, they're not a bad team. I think this, this is one of those series that we pointed out at the end of the year or, or at the beginning of the year, as this is where we can say, okay, this team is, is clicking. They're clicking at the right time. Um, and they're, 
they're going to be good heading into the, into the latter stages of the year. And I mean, considering that there are two series left uh, and only one of them, that's an ACC series before the ACC tournament. And then the postseason. Um, I mean, they're in good shape. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting, especially considering NC state's a, you know, a top 70 RPI is not a, a bad place to be 28 and 15 overall. Like this is, you know, maybe it's a, a team that has been better, or could be better, but they're, they're not bad. Like they, they, they handled it really well. Um, one thing I do want to shout out is like, I, I know that like in my heart, I do know that the Duke and FSU series had some tremendous attendance, but uh, I do want to shout out this weekend, Saturday's uh, 500 felt like more. It, it was really, it was really nice to be in the ballpark. It felt really, uh, really crowded, you know, people buying concessions, uh, people standing on the hill and like the hill being kind of substantially, you know, cr crowded. Like it was, it was pretty solid. Um, I, I, almost 600 on Friday for the late game. Um, you know, it's, um, it's great to see. Also, uh, since I do have the box scores open, uh, the weather, uh, like descriptions, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, have had me laughing all year. Whoever we've mentioned it before. We've okay. mentioned it before, but I will humor you yet again. Okay. Friday is weather description. It's a good Friday. Oh. You laughed at that one, but not the Texas football one? Come on. Come Friday, on. Friday, second game, weather. Peachy. <laughs> Saturday, good old muggy Georgia weather. That's so fun. I love that. People are having fun with this team. Like the the fans are into it. They're loud. Like it, I don't know. Feels different. It, it feels good. Yeah, I I will also say as someone that's watched a bunch of these games on TV, whoever they have doing uh, play by play this year, very good at their job. Um, and they're able to gel really well with whoever's whoever's been brought in to do color, whether it's Sam Piranuzzi or, or, or older alumni. Very well done. I don't know who it is because it's definitely not Wiley. Wiley's out doing other other stuff around uh, around the southeast usually or, or he's doing baseball in, in Andy's stead. So um, but whoever's whoever's doing it, you're doing a good job. And I hope you're also the same person scoring these games for Jake's sake. <laughs> fair enough yeah no I, it, it just feels like you know things things are clicking and there's a good attitude and, and you can't really you can't really turn your nose at that um georgia tech as of yesterday no the 14th sorry so before this weekend's uh games were played they are sitting at 26th in the ncaa rpi calculation i'm not sure what the adjusted rpi numbers look like um but uh, yeah that's that's what the 28 and 12 uh 26th is by far the highest we've seen, at least since we started doing this podcast. Uh, possibly in a while, honestly, it, like even, even further than that. Um, right now they are uh, 721 win percentage. And I think I looked at the records. That would be the best win percent. If, if the season ended today, that would be the best season by win percentage in about 11, 12 years. Yeah, like since... I, uh... Since the Sharon Perkins golden era, Eileen Morales and Jen Yi era right there. Since the last time Eileen Morales was heavily involved with the program. Um, yes. yes. I want to pull something up. Give me verbally stall for a second. Verbally stall. So let's, I'll go into talking a little bit more about if the season ended today. Right now, if the season ended today, right now, they would be the seventh seed in the ACC tournament. 
I think we saw a projection from D1 Baseball that had them as a three seed in the Tuscaloosa Regional uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I think Arizona was in the mix there as the two seed in that regional as well. So that would have been the first round matchup. Um, Tech still Tech still has Clemson left on the schedule. They'll play uh, in, in terms of the ACC schedule. They'll play Troy and Georgia State next week before hitting uh, or, or before Charlotte comes to town at the weekend. So that's what things look like. I'll, I'll, I'll we'll keep talking about this, but I want to let you get your word in before I, I continue. Yeah, so I've got two disparate points, but we'll tie them back in. One on Morales and the state of the program we talked about. You know, maybe we haven't seen this team this high in, in X amount of years or, or you know, since YZ thing. Um, Georgia Tech uh, has hosted a regional in the past. Could very well be the highest since then. I don't know. Uh, I can check that later. Uh, it's a little bit hard to do that on the fly. But I will say that 31 wins uh, against 12 losses for Georgia Tech you know, it puts them at a 721 win percentage. But what milestone does this give them in the last five-year uh, current uh, coaching regime era? This is the second time they've hit 31. They yeah, last hit 31 and 19. You tried to team me up for that one, huh? I was yeah. looking at the media guide yesterday, buddy. Yeah, um, and that's with 15 more losses in there against. So they were they went 31 and 27, and they're at 31 and 12. Um, and that's with five rain cancellations of, dare I say, winnable games. And with a decent amount left on the schedule, um, it would take a horrible calamity for them not to exceed 31 wins. And I need to knock on some wood now. Um, that said, uh, I have discarded the D1 baseball or D1 softball regional um regional like projections for my own because I do that now it's built in an Excel file you're gonna hate me uh we're going to teach you how to use Python one of these days but please we'll please I will humor you I, I like outlining stuff in Excel and then figuring out how to translate that because that's how my brain works but uh we'll we'll we can we can move that one that discussion we're gonna swim across that ocean another day if if you ever want to live update the weights I've been using here uh let me know. But that being said, my my Jake Grant's current projection uh, before this week's 4-0 stretch had Tech at 34, uh, the 34th seed in the tournament uh, behind uh, a number of other stuff. I do weight this differently than other places I've seen, but I like this weighting because it kind of makes sense to me. And, and you know, that's that's what we're going for. Uh, so they can, uh, you know, just uh, just enjoy all of that. But anyways, um, where does that put them in the tournament, Jake? Oh, sorry. Where does that put them in the tournament? Uh, that puts them in the uh, UCLA uh, <laughs> regional. Uh, so that's not ideal, but it does also make them a three seed. So basically, I th my point there is a very roundabout way to say that D1 softball is currently underrating Georgia Tech, just like most of the polls have. And I think that that's a little bit annoying just because they're, they're uh, you know, they're on the ups, and, and it, this is something we've seen in every sport that uh, I think we've talked about where you get a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt if you have a certain trio of names in your, in your comp or trio of letters in your conference name or a certain logo next to your chest. I think Virginia Tech uh, is uh, an amazing team this year, and it took them a very long time to, I think, get their fair shape, at least in the polls, too. And Aren't they number one? And haven't they stuck at number one for a while? I, I was looking at 
the I polls, but I wasn't number one for like two weeks. But that's, but I, I don't think that, I don't think that invalidates my point there. But um, anyway, point point given. I will say for their RPI metrics, which you know you can take them or leave them. You specifically can take them or leave them. The fans or the people that listen to this have to listen to them. Uh, they are twenty fifth by D one softball RPI before yesterday's third game of the series. Wanted to make one note: they are two and eight versus the RPI top twenty five. Uh, so dropping those three game series or getting swept by Duke and FSU in those three game sets, they went one and two versus Notre Dame. And then obviously they beat Athens and Athens. So that explains the two and eight to tie they'll this get, all back. They'll get three more cracks at Clemson in, in two weeks though. That's where I was headed. Clemson is 21st right now. And like we were saying, that is the last ACC schedule that tech or last ACC opponent that tech has on the schedule. So Here's the picture. Let me let's draw it out here for our, what the teams that are hovering around that seven seed in the ACC tournament. So Tech obviously is already at seven. Notre Dame is the four right now. Notre Dame holds a head-to-head tiebreaker over Tech because of the uh, series win. Clemson Tech will play Clemson in two weekends. Uh, Clemson has. FSU and Tech left to play. They will go at two FSU. FSU is, I think, second or, or third right now. Um, Louisville is right above Tech at sixth. Tech holds the head-to-head tiebreaker there. Louisville has VT at VT left to play, which, sorry, buddy, that one's going to suck for you. Um, then they have <laughs> UV, they'll play UVA, who we'll talk about in a bit, and then they will go to Notre Dame uh, to end the year. UVA is at eight. If I remember correctly, Tech also holds the head-to-head tiebreaker there. I think they played very early in the season. I can't remember. Um, But I assume there's some sort of tiebreaker advantage there. UVA has Pitt and then the aforementioned Louisville Cardinals left. Tech actually has been squared up against UVA this year, and that's something that I, like, noted. uh, Anyway, my preparation was wrong. Does it annoy me anymore? Because that probably would mean that we'd have to play VT as well. Um, also, well, I just noticed that, uh, very clever, um, midweek at UIC before Louisville goes to Notre Dame. I like that. Um, you got to give them hope before they get, before they get their dreams crushed. Hey, it happens hey, every time. Shush, Notre Dame. We don't talk about them yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, no UIC very interesting place. Um, I have swum there probably more meets than, than anywhere else, uh, in my youth Wait, is that at UIC? Yeah, it's it's at, it's on Roosevelt Road in Chicago. Yeah. Okay, I have I have some questions. I have some other unrelated questions about that. We'll talk about them later. But please finish your point. Oh, I was just saying, I, I love creative scheduling like that. Like you saw, um, Tech Swimming a couple of years ago did a, a a double that was Notre Dame Northwestern. Uh, I've you know we saw the the Duke UNC swimming double the Miami Northwestern bit. Swim, yeah, tech Georgia Tech playing a road midweek in the north. What, uh, that's coming this year, you know? Like, uh, sorry for baseball, but should, should clarify. Um, I don't know, it's, it's just interesting and different, and, and I, I like interesting and different. Fair enough. So, it looks so just to round out sort of that that postseason picture, it looks to me like Tech is the only only team in the conference that doesn't have two ACC series left, at least two ACC series left. 
Um, So I think Louisville is going one weekend longer than Tech is. Um, Clemson and UVA are going to end at the same time as as Tech, basically. I didn't check the rest of Notre Dame's schedule. Basically, if you beat Clemson, if you win that series, you are probably into the five seed, uh, depending on what Notre Dame does. Uh, if you get Pat, if you can slip past Notre Dame somehow via that Clemson series and via Notre Dame's remaining schedule, that would be a double buy, right? I, I, I don't remember the bracket. I think it's seven to 10 and then a normal quarterfinals from there. So mm, unfortunately, I think it's more of like a double play. And I guess it counts as a single buy, but whatever. It's semantical point. Uh, I do have a little game for you. Uh, it's very simple and very straightforward. It's called Guess What Clemson's RPI is right now. It, they're 11th in D1 softball. So they have to be like around there in NCAA. They're 10th, even better. And we get to play them on the road and they're sold out for every game of this year stadium. So I will say though that they do not, I, I think you mentioned this. They don't, well, you partially mentioned this, but they don't look as impressive as years past. I mean, they're 33 and 11. So like. They've only existed one other year. True, but they were electric the last two years. You have to give me that. That is fair. I, I will give you that. They are um, 11. They are 11 and seven in conference. They have FSU. They'll play FSU this weekend. So it, pencil that in how you want. But I think we kind of know how that one's going to work out. Um, and then they'll go to Tech. So Tech and Clemson will be on even terms heading into that series, effectively. Yeah, um, it's going to be real interesting to see what happens there simply because, and we can, I don't know how much we've talked about that Notre Dame bit because I think you wanted to get a line in there. But uh, Clemson and Notre Dame played uh, like this weekend. Notre Dame uh, lost, or the, Clemson won um, 3-2, then lost 0-4, and then won 2-1 which means Notre Dame was able to keep their bats quiet and they were able to keep Notre Dame's bats quiet. And if they can keep Notre Dame's bats quiet, I think that is a little bit scary for us because Notre Dame lit us up. Yeah. It'll be, I mean, like it has every other time that we talk about this team and the other stickball team, which we'll get to in a minute, it comes down to pitching. And so mm-hmm. if Dennis and Nelliman can have a good weekend uh, I mean, you just got to be better than the franchise. That's it. You just got to be better than the franchise. Yeah. You know, fourth year sophomore Valerie Cagle or whatever that ridiculous stat is. That they, they built an entire team around her. Anyway, another uh, to round out the ACC discussion, I want to make this note as I'm looking at the as I'm looking at the conference as a whole. There are only two teams under 500 right now uh, for the season. Um, but, and Boston College, which is the first one of them, is only one game under 500. Pitt is seven. But it's a very strong group, top to more or less top to bottom. Um, it, it's pretty impressive how far this conference has come since it was just dominated by FSU and Tech for a period of like five or six years. There was only like six teams in the conference until 2014. Like it was – it was not very large, um, but uh, I, I think complementing the, the record talk is, you know, flavoring it with some adjusted RPI. Syracuse is the bottom of the conference with 110. They've faded. Um, but Boston College, Pittsburgh, NC State have kind of 
and Virginia a little bit have kind of sifted down a little bit there in the 65 to 75 range. You got North Carolina at 55, solid. And then everyone else, uh, the other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, half more than half the conference uh, is in the top 40 with Louisville being at 40, Tech being at 26, just knocking on the door of the top 25 in, in RPI. But then you've got Notre Dame at 21. And then four teams in the top 10, that has got to be the best uh, we've seen for the ACC ever, right? Probably. I mean, uh, I think that the the uh, history there outstrips my softball knowledge. Oh, for sure, me too. But I've I've got a I've got a question for you. If there's four ACC teams in the top ten, how many SEC teams are in the top ten? Like three. Nope. Wrong. Just the one. Oh, two. Okay. Well, it was in the middle. Bam and Florida. Bam and Florida. The ACC, I think, is not top to bottom the strongest, but its elite teams could beat anyone this year. I think that's interesting. That is something to keep in the back pocket as we move towards ACC tournament and then NCAA tournament this season in the next few weeks. Uh, Just to recap the schedule and head out of here, we'll head out of this segment. Troy will come to Tech on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday will be Tech traveling to Georgia State in Panthersville. And then at the weekend, Tech will play three games versus Charlotte, two of those on a doubleheader on Friday, and then the series finale on Saturday. Let's move right along to the other stickball diamond. The baseball team was in UNC this weekend but before we get there let's talk about the results from last week they beat usc upstate in just a barn burner if i remember correctly and then they went two and one versus fsu uh at the midweek they took a loss to georgia state which that's not great and also the mayor threw out the first pitch and all of that was at home and uh not what you want um and then they went to unc and boy that was a home run derby of a weekend, huh? Wait, 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 wait. The mayor threw out the first pitch? Yep. Okay. I, I kind of dig it. We're, we're playing state. It makes sense. He went to tech. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm then there. they lost. Shush, shush, shush. You know, we just need Emery's baseball uh, team in the stands. Like, like, yay, we're here too, you know. But, uh, no, I it – it was kind of ugly on, on Tuesday. And I will say I watched more of that game than, than probably any of the, any of the weekend games. So hooray for me. Um, but uh, you know, we, we can say our pitching is question mark giving up 30 runs, but a series wins a series win and, and FSU and UNC are both quality teams. So uh, not really going to complain, but I definitely have concerns. And I think that that is uh, a fair place to be. And, and you can, you can either validate me or you can tell me why I'm wrong. And I'm interested to hear where you choose to go with that. So let me actually get to the point. They went two and one versus uh, versus UNC. I don't think I actually said that before. They won this series despite giving up 30 runs in three games. Each game was a home run derby. There was exactly like zero <laughs> quality pitching performances in this in this series from both teams and I think we kind of expected that from UNC coming in right I think one of the things that we pointed out when we were doing our preview is that UNC's Achilles heel was its pitching staff and if they did not put it together it was going to be sort of a sort of sort of a scuffly year for them 
And to uh, to make that point even clearer, uh, UNC and Tech basically have the same record. Uh, they are they have a losing record in in the conference. Um, which I mean, Tech is nine games over five hundred. UNC is eight games over five hundred. But at the same time, it's not where UNC has been in the past, right? UNC has been at the top of the coastal. They've been uh, at the top of the conference and and in the national uh, you know national poll contention uh, previously. They're just not having the same type of year uh, this year. Um, but I agree with you in that there are concerns. It's great to have a battery, like an basically an artillery battery that can fire at any given moment and keep you in games. But at the same time, you don't want to have to keep trotting that out there, trotting the cannon out there and keep making it fire in order to play, in order to stay in games, right? So it's like a, it's a catch-22, basically. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's, I think that's a really dangerous place to be living, right? Yes. Yeah. I, and it's the exact same place that they've been in ever since we started, not, not just covering this team, but watching it, right? Like, Yeah, it's weird that that's not the same amount of time, but it, it is the same amount of time or it's not the same amount of time. Like it, it's, it's been a truth across multiple pitching coaches now. And I'm not really sure it, you know, we basically built the best facility money can buy. And it doesn't seem like anything changed from, from one to the other. I will say, I will say I better knock on some wood. It is great to, to still be recruiting at a really high level and, and bringing, bringing kids in, but I don't know. It just seems like a theme and, it, I don't really know how to how to break themes. I, I mean, not, one of the things big bucks to do, you know. One of the things that we talk about on, on the football end is that it, it's winning in college football. It comes down to player acquisition and then player development, right? You have to be good. You have to be at, good at both of those, but you can be really good, and you can sort of get around being really good at one and really bad at the other, right? Like, mm-hmm. We, we know teams that are that are half teams in that way. So it to me, we're really good at the talent acquisition bit. And that's why you're able to see this team put together, you know, scoreboard destruction on average. But at the same time, they're allowing that scoreboard destruction despite having good talent acquisition on, on the pitching front as well. So my question becomes well once they get on campus what are we doing like is it a selection issue is it a like is it a like strategy or tactical issue is it a they're not trained to pick the right pitches situation they're not using some metrics to to pick matchups properly or attack hitters a specific way like where is the disconnect is, is what I want to understand. And uh, I don't know if we've gotten a ton of insight onto where that is in the last couple of years. I think one of our biggest problems as, as a podcast is like, there's no way that we're ever going to find out that answer short of like some crazy extenuating circumstance. Right. So as much as we look, can say don't, that, if I bug the lot, if I bug the, the, like the lab, don't don't come like we'll we'll know we'll know yeah that's uh that that's fair 
Uh, if, if I'm not going to do that, don't hold that against me. This is a disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, only legal, uh, you know, only legal information finding, but I think your point makes sense. We're never going to know what the situation is. We're just going to know what the results are. Yep. Um, and, and again, and again, like, (laughs) I mean, the the loss of Georgia state isn't great, but we, we do kind of keep getting unlucky with, you know, Mercer, Southern Kennesaw and state just having these incredible starting pitchers. Um, and there's just not enough, like, you know, they're, they're, they're throwing great games and there's just running out of time at the end uh, with, you know, able to, to rally tack a couple runs on Kennesaw state being the best example of this. Like uh, other, other than those midweek question marks, like what did we say at the beginning of the year, winning a series against Florida state, a good team or a, really good team is not a bad thing winning a series against unc not a bad thing like they're they're other than you know the 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 wake annihilation saturday which i think left a bad taste in everyone's mouth and the fact that you know it seems like they could do that again like if we run into them again but other than that like they've been They've relatively taken care of business. It just seems that when they haven't, it's been almost spectacular in a way. You know? Like a like they leak a little oil and then the whole thing explodes kind of deal. Yeah. I uh they leak a little oil, they they uh, they spark up a little too much, and then the whole thing catches on fire. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> a fire that has them what top 25-ish RPI. There, there are worse fires to be in i suppose or i I guess Uh, i don't know Uh, speaking of mercer and speaking of those in-state midweek games they have another one coming up versus mercer that will be the home leg of that series on tuesday and then at the weekend they'll face face duke who is currently last in the coastal at six and 12 uh, in the conference and 16 and 20 on the year not the same, you know, same quality of Duke team that we've seen in years past. But if I remember correctly, they just took a series off of Notre Dame. So not really a lot of easy outs week over week, even if Duke is last place in the Coastal. Yeah, um, Miami's – it's kind of Miami's division to lose at this point. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a number of weekends left, so it's a little bit too early to say anything too substantial about that, but they're, they're at 14 and four Virginia Tech's in second at nine and seven Virginia at third at 10 and eight tech at an even 500. Um, yeah, we, we need to help ourselves out a little bit here in the coming weeks. We've got, uh, like we said, we've got Duke Miami and Pitt for sure. And Clemson, I think left. So they're like, there's enough games to make up the ground. It just requires, you know, tech uh, getting on their horses and, and riding. So, yeah. It, it, and looking at the conference as a whole for the first or second time, now that I have these open, this seems like one of those years that the conference eats itself alive. Uh, I, I think we saw it last oh. year too, um, where a bunch of these teams records, like I mean, Miami's 14 and four, but no one else has broken the 10 conference win threshold. Right. But you look at their overall records and a bunch of them are over 20 wins and, and over 500. So this conference is just, eating itself alive in, 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 you know, in league play. And I'm interested to see how that is either rewarded or penalized in, in the postseason seedings, because as we saw last year, that got 
really, really penalized. And a lot of those like Notre Dame and Virginia um, uh, and what have you, those seedings. So, yeah. And, and that wasn't really helped either by the whole, like, we're going to name the possible hosts well in advance. And it's like Pitt and Notre Dame. And it's like tech hadn't hit their stride yet. Um, you know, Virginia hadn't hit their stride yet. Duke came out of nowhere to win the conference. I don't think Pitt made, Pitt made the tournament, but like barely, I don't think they did. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I remember Pitt beat tech and then immediately like two weeks later fell off. If I remember correctly, I I don't think they made the tournament is, is the point. Um, in terms of RPI in baseball, Tech is sitting at 12th, uh, Wake Forest at 10th, Virginia at 14th. So we're right in the neighborhood with those teams. Uh, you got Miami at five, Notre Dame at three, um, and, and everyone is in the, well, Duke is, is at 126 and Boston College is at 83, but everyone else is, is up there. And, and just to circle back on your eating a live point, um, we're, we're talking about Notre Dame, uh, a team being in the top three of RPI, and is at eight and seven in conference, and is in fifth in the Atlantic. Uh, they're twenty-one and eight overall, but like, yeah, Tech baseball's strength of schedule is like second in the nation, just because of how of how tough the conference is. Well, the the conference is tough, and the state of Georgia as a whole is having a really great year between Southern State, Mercer, Kennesaw, uh, those people over there. And, uh, and us, like, it's, it's not a bad time to be, to be in, in the state of Georgia in terms of, in terms of baseball talent. I am curious to see how the ACC stacks against the SEC. Yeah, they've got three in the top ten. You got Vandy. Wow, they already updated the Vandy logo on the NCAA website. That seems quick for the NCAA. Well, uh, uh, that's a legal thing, I assume. Vandy at 16, Auburn at 23, Arkansas all the way down to 30. LSU at 32, Missouri at 36. Hmm. Similar profiles, it seems. Mississippi State at 78. Yeah, the, 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 the floor is higher, kind of like softball. The floor, Mississippi State, South Carolina, or if you're talking softball, um, South Carolina again. Oops. Um, womp, womp. That was a lot, a lot higher than, than the bottom of the ACC, but I think that the top teams in, in our conference can, can play with just about anyone, and I think that's the, a theme that we really circled back on. Clemson again, uh, four and ten in conference. Another team just getting getting eaten alive. Louisville leading leading the Atlantic at nine and six, a six hundred win percentage. Anyone can beat anyone on any given day. Yeah, again, uh, all of these teams, like a bunch of these teams, are over twenty wins on the year. Like a bunch of them have plus six hundred or, or six hundred plus win percentages on the year, and a bunch of them are under five hundred in conference. It's ridiculous. The only team that I go a little bit yikes looking at it is is Boston College, to be quite honest. But even then, like, you know, they're they're cold and in the north and they have three conference wins. Like, poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> womp, womp. Let's I think we've talked about baseball quite a bit and all the stickball sports quite a bit. So let's move on to uh, a different sort of stickball sport, Georgia Tech golf. They are 11th in the nation the last time I checked. They were at the Calusa Cup the last time we spoke. Do you want to tell me how they did at the Calusa Cup, Mr. Grant? It's been that long. Oh, we, we recorded it during the Calusa Cup. Yep. That makes sense. Okay, so um, wrapping up the Calusa Cup uh, 
uh, I guess summary is it was really freaking good. Very they did really well. They did they did fantastic. Um, we talk a lot about tech winning invites, which they we are blessed that they do a lot um, because there's a lot of teams that compete in individual golf or various golf invitationals. And not only did they do that, but Bartley Forrester also won the dang thing overall. So really, really, really solid weekend. And to make it even better, Tech, who was number 11 at the time, uh, beat not only, you know, top 16 and 17 Florida and Wake Forest, uh, but but Oklahoma, uh, they beat Oklahoma by what? 25 strokes. Tech was eight under. Next closest team was Florida at even. Um, then Wake Forest plus four, Oklahoma plus 17. They beat number 23, Purdue, and 22, Clemson as well on the weekend. That is a and, supernova weekend for Tech and, Golf. And number eight, Georgia. And what did we say at the beginning of the year is this team, when they lock it in and play well, they're as good as any of the teams in the country. And they and played, they, and this really was amazing competition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're never on TV. And there's no home, literal home golf course. And a lot of their stuff is, oh, you know, got to fly to Maui if you want to go watch them play. So it's tough to connect to that, uh, I think, for a lot of average folks, especially if you're not super into golf. But, like, man, they're, they're, they're the real deal. They, they can beat literally anyone. Yeah, and they'll get a chance to do that again at the ACC tournament coming up this weekend or this coming weekend. Next weekend, whatever dates are hard, and they've already played at that golf course before this year. Yep, uh, didn't they win that one too? Uh, Shark Tooth, I think so. Uh, yeah, they they won the Water Sound Invite at Shark's Tooth, first place, minus fifteen. Yep. So they can go back to their dominance of the ACC very easily here. Take care of business. Uh, this is text uh, most. I dare I say successful program in, in any sport. And certainly the most successful one to never have won a, a national anything. Um, I, I would say that that may be a little bit bold, but they've got 17, I think ACC titles. And this would make them, uh, I believe unwedged the tie between them and Wake Forest uh, at 17 and would give them an 18th. If they were to win this coming weekend, uh, it would be Tech's, uh first ACC tournament slash championship so far on the year question mark. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't think of another one that we might have won. They didn't and, win one in the fall. No, they didn't win one in the winter either. Um, so I think that yeah, would this be, would be the first one of the year. But you know, you, you don't want to put the cart before the horse. They gotta, you know, they gotta play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday before anything's uh, anything's ironed out. But they they look primed to go uh, in the postseason and. This is a really great team, really solid team. They're, they're playing great golf. And I don't know. Again, I think they really get done, not really a disservice. There's not really a ton you can do about it. You can't build a golf course in Midtown, but uh, it's just. Well, you can. You just have to knock down a bunch of stuff. Well, and, and even as somebody who, like, I guess covers them, like, <laughs> until I started playing golf, I didn't really get the game, you know? Like, like oh, they're minus. But, like. That stuff's hard. Like I, I, I didn't appreciate like understanding that because you can't watch it. You can't go watch them. Um, and, and it's it's not the same individual style that you see on the PGA. Like it it's really uh college golf's kind of unique in the same way that college tennis is uh I think a lot different than its professional counterpart. But that's that could be a whole that actually wouldn't be a bad podcast episode. But anyways, file that one away for later. 
bookmark made. Let's move over to the track. Track was at the Auburn War Eagle Invitational in all caps as you wrote it before. They posted nine top three finishes on Saturday. So let's go through a couple of these two first place finishes in the men's and women's 1500 meters and the 100 hurdles, the women's 100 hurdles. Uh, so that's Mary Catherine not in the women's 1500, Charlie Smith in the men's 1500 and Taylor Grimes in the 100 meter hurdles on the women's side. Shanti Papacosta was second place in the women's high jump and Carla Duplessis, 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 anyway, finished third just behind her. Uh, a couple more third place finishes to round out the weekend. Olivia Moore in the women's pole vault, John Watkins in the men's triple jump, Anna Witherspoon uh, in the women's 100 hurdles, but just in the attached athletes, I think. Uh, and then Sh- Sheila Harris uh, in the women's 100 meters. So really, really competitive, really, really high quality weekend on the track at Auburn for tech. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, It's definitely good to see them, you know, getting in the mix with, with top three and top 10 finishes. I know uh, they they were also making uh, notes of their top 10 finishes in terms of the Twitter coverage, which is, you know, the more the merrier, Um, you know, it, I, I think it's, I think it's also notable that, you know, some someone like Mary Catherine Knott or, or Shandy Papacosta or Carla Duplessis, Olivia Moore gets mentioned a lot on this podcast. And uh, again, I think this is a team that suffers from a similar issue as, as golf does, except they actually do get home invites. So maybe that's more of a shame on, you know, us for, for not catching their other one that's been at home so far. But, uh, you know, there, there's just not as much exposure, but I, I think it's great that you know, we're seeing different names and, and different people getting in the mix. And, you know, obviously you go to Auburn, you're on the road and, and going up against some top, uh, some power five teams. That, that's about all you can ask for. It's tech has long built its track program on a lot of uh, individual stars. And I think it's easy for us as, as people who, you know, don't have the most exposure to it to say, oh yeah, well, yeah, Olivia Moore did it again. Really good job. But like, you know, seeing Shalia Harris, John Watkins, um, Charlie Smith, uh, in the mix for, you know, the, the 1500 meters or hundred meter hurdles or, or whatever, um, whatever items those may be like, it's, it's good to see just more getting out there. Cause I think that's the sign of the depth. And, and again, another left turn we could take is, is talking about, you know, depth versus our talent and swimming and track, but uh, you know, it's, it's about as good as a weekend as I think we've seen from them so far this year, at least in terms of a number shiny finished metal type type weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that your point about the depth is super important, right? Like we talked about that in re- in reference to the swim team too, right? We we talked about how that men's swim team has built up a lot of that depth that has enabled them to have better finishes in recent years at the NCAA tournament. And this tracks the same way, right? We're talking about e- even though these are these aren't like gold medal finishes, but they're still but you, you have a bunch of these top tens, you have a bunch of these podiums that, and people who are capable of putting those together at a pretty competitive invitational, let's keep that momentum going. Let's see how that works out as we move towards the NCAA, uh, NCAA championships later on this year. Yep. I agree. I think that's a, a fair way to put it. All right. The next meet for track is at the GT Invitational. They'll host that next week. 
Uh, I think pen relays are immediately after that, uh, the following gun after that. And I think ACCs are after that. I'm not entirely sure. I don't have the calendar in front of me. Would it be fair to call pen relays like the most famous collegiate meet in the world? Uh, meet, yes. Event, not necessarily. I just think it's cool that they go because, you know, they hosted in Franklin Field and that's a pretty historic stadium. And I, I don't know, a little bit of a left turn. I, I just wanted to, to, to gut check you on that. Uh, I will say I'm not a track expert, so probably not the appropriate audience for that question, though. Fair enough. I'm more of an Oregon. Uh, the It would be real nice if I remember what Oregon's track and field stadium was called, but I'm an Oregon truther, actually. Oh, I see the name in my mind. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Steve. I want to uh, say it's Hawkins Field or uh, Knight Field, but I know it's not either of those. Oregon track. I'm looking it up. That's going to kill me. Oregon track field. Hayward field. Mm, yeah, I'm a Hayward field truther, actually. <laughs> yeah, the, the crazy thing that they built there. I forgot how bananas looking. That's Oh, they tore the entire thing down. They tore the whole structure and rebuilt it from scratch. Well, it's giant now. It's, it's an affront to to, to the heaven logical right? spending of money oh also the thing i was thinking of is as the other meat being the prefontaine classic but anyways sorry left turn. all right let's take a right turn after your left turn to get back on course let's talk about women's tennis they are ranked 34th in the nation i believe still um they may have gone a little bit higher since last time i checked this but uh, they've had a bit of a rough stretch. Uh, if I remember correctly, they lost versus Duke. They lost versus UNC last week while we were out. Uh, they did beat VT this week. They swept them, but they lost 5-2 today on senior day versus Virginia. How are we dissecting those four results? Yeah, um, I honestly feel bad i wasn't at any of them uh well i mean the away ones i don't feel bad about i'm not flying to rally for tennis no offense um get but, to the uh, point they, they've been solid right duke and unc we don't have their rankings on there but those are both really good teams uh and then i think uh, unc is the one right now yeah um they've been in that mix all year but um and then number eight uva like you can't like it one thing to be like, like oh yes they went one and three but like they went one and three they absolutely demolished vt and then took a, a, about as much care of business as you can against three top 10 teams like that's that's the problem with playing in the acc like usually we are maybe a little bit higher up than 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 this in, in terms of acc pecking order but like when when you're playing three three top 10 teams in, in two weeks that's that's about as tough as of a slate as, as any team is going to see. So, you know, yeah. you want to go two and two there, but I think asking for anything more than two and two would have been, you know, trying to put one over the moon. Yeah. I think this, just to talk about their standing, sort of the big picture here while I pull this up. So they are, do, 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 do. They are 13 and nine on the year. Um, they, yeah, 13 and nine on the year, eight and five in conference. So they will be the sixth seed 
in next week's ACC tournament that's being hosted in Rome, Georgia. They will face the winner of Boston College and Louisville, and then the winner of that pairing will face the three-seed Miami. If you're wondering how close they were to the four, um, I've actually followed. Wait, did I miscount this? No. They're, they're, if you're wondering how close they were to the four, so that double by um, UVA and Miami were both ten and three, and also NC State was ten and three heading into the weekend, um, while Tech was eight and five. All conference records there. So um, hard to play for seeding uh, when the other you know, five teams ahead of you are so good. Uh, but six is fine. Uh, they'll most likely advance out of that first round and then uh, play Miami and, and we'll see, we'll see what they got. Yeah, I agree. I think it's fair. Okay. Let's swip, uh, swip, switch uh, over to the men's side. Last I checked, they were 51st in the nation. Um, they also have had a very rough stretch to end the year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been tough. They've lost a lot of heartbreakers, and I I was actually at, at yesterday's contest. It was, you know, it, it, they they started this, they lost the doubles. Um, that was before I got there. Uh, I was considering going to softball, so I was like, I'll go to softball. And then I was like, oh, that doesn't start till three. I'll go to tennis. Um, and uh, they they came out in singles winning five of six uh, first sets and just really couldn't get momentum on their side. And uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's easy to, to like write this off as like, oh, things are compounding, you know, like, oh, they're just snake bitten, blah, 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 whatever. They, they've been in a lot of these matches and it's probably tough for for a talented team as this to see, you know, 51 as their current ranking and, you know, knowing the realities of 32 auto bids know that that means they're probably uh, just going to be hoping for doubles and, and singles individual draw uh, entries, which they will absolutely get because they're, they're pretty good at those. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's tough. And that's, you know, tennis is a cruel sport and, Honestly, a lot of sports are cruel. I don't know. They 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 were looking good. Like that that's the tough part too. Is you know, uh, Marcus McDaniel came right back and and put a point on the board for for the FSU contest, and you know they couldn't really do much there. But uh, I mean, Keshav Chopra was playing great. I was sitting right at his court. Andres Martin was was playing great too. It, it's just tough, right? And and that's you know, like we said, or like I said, tennis is kind of a cruel sport. So. Just to sort of talk about the results, it's an exceedingly rough skid. They have lost their last six to end the year, uh, the last six matches. So that's five to or two five to Duke, oh seven to NC State, uh, one four to North Carolina State, one six to Wake Forest, three four a rough one versus Miami earlier this week, uh, and then one four to Florida State to end the year. So. A lot of bad luck, a lot of just unfortunate balls not bouncing your way. But we'll, we'll see. They are, if I have the standings pulled up, they are three and nine. They ended three and nine in conference. They are eight and 13 overall, if I'm reading this correctly. 
Well, I mean, they have to go on a run to to get uh, to get in the mix. Like you, you got to win the tournament or something like that, and and that's a tall order. So. Yeah. So just to talk about the tournament, uh, that the men's ACC tennis tournament is also in Rome. They will be Tech will be the tenth seed versus number seven Miami. What I last checked, uh, the winner will play the two seed Wake Forest. When in Rome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How do you laugh at this, but not the Texas football one? Come on. The know. Texas football joke was good. You keep telling yourself that, bud. Anyway. It's fine. I'm giving you a hard time. Unbelievable. All right. That's the men's tennis situation. Any thoughts on their draw? Any thoughts on the women's draw, too, while we sort of suss out the end of the season for both of those squads? Uh, the What was I going to say? Um, I, I think Tech is, for the men, definitely is is interesting. They, they have a, the opportunity to, to get a win against Miami. Uh, I think that's very fair, at least. Wake Forest is going to be tough, though. Uh, for the men so that that's that's a bit tough but you know it, that's why you play the matches right you, you gotta actually get the points so uh, we'll see how that shakes out and then for the women um, I think they stand a shot at, at beating Miami in the second round should they beat BC versus Louisville um, uh, at least a, a shot of it uh, I think they've also kind of gotten unlucky too and in, in just uh, playing some close matches and whatnot so nothing too 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 crazy there but um yeah, it, it, it'll be an interesting weekend. I think the women are definitely too far out to um, to get any sort of hosting type situation, but I think they're more playing for uh, a favorable two seed, uh, if anything, if that makes sense. Just to recap the last time that Miami and Tech played, uh, that was Miami's opening the, on the women's side. Uh, that was Miami's opening ACC series and Tech lost three, four. Mm-hmm. So, so close shave. I think, you know, one or two points, one or two games go a different way and you, you have a different result. So we'll see how they do in Rome. We'll see how the men's tennis squad does in Rome. That is it for our shot sheet. That is it for us today. Anything else we want to mention before we head out of here? I got nothing. I think, uh, in general, it's turning that time. We, we kind of get a lull after NCAAs, you know, there's like a, a week or two where, where things get quiet. But uh, between NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, we got, uh, you know, college baseball and softball knocking on the door with, with regionals, MLB starting to get into swing. It's, it's busy, and uh, it's also 40 minutes into Sunday night baseball, I think. So I, I should uh, let, uh, let us adjourn to watch Los Bravos, but... That's uh, that's another thing. Yeah, it, uh, Braves are having an interesting, interesting year so far, aren't they? I, I think we, as as Atlanta-based sports folks, will have a very interesting next couple of weeks. And I think, knocking on wood for the third time this episode, uh, it could mean seeing some postseason action for not one, but uh, but for two tech teams. So that's uh, that's good to see. Just got to keep taking care of business. Absolutely. Plug our stuff and let's get out of here. Yeah. Uh, from the rumble seat at gmail.com. If you would like to send us your suggestions, your thoughts, ideas for future episodes. Uh, if you're interested in, in us talking about what was it? Uh, why college tennis and golf are different than pro tennis and golf. I like that. I think we'll do that over the summer. If I remember, 
Um, let's see. Yeah, from the rumbleseat.com for your long form stuff. Add us on Twitter. Let us know your feedback. Uh, we want to hear from you and, and we want to talk uh, about things you're interested in hearing, uh, liking, listening, subscribing, retweeting, all that stuff is great for engagement and helps us uh, get, uh, get this where it needs to go. Uh, if you have anything for us directly, feel free to reach out. I am at Jake Grant on or at Jake Grant 98 on Twitter, and he is uh, handle redacted on, on Twitter as well. But feel free to reach out and uh, yeah, be well this week. Uh, there'll, there'll be plenty of plenty of action to go around. So uh, keep your eye on on, uh, on the site. Oh.